Yeah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and tight. You guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Hey, welcome in to a Toyota Tuesday edition of the Morning Rush. You heard Joe Buck and Troy Aikman last night on DeMar Hamlin. That's the number one story in sports right now. I think most of you know about what happened on Monday Night Football between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. But if you don't, we'll share it with you this morning. I wish I could share some positive news, but right now it's just a lot of negative stuff based on what happened last night. Yeah, so watching the game, I had it on, getting some some work done just to get ready for the week. I had switched over because we had some severe weather, you know, rolling into the western half of the state. I had flipped over and then come back to this. And, I mean, we've all seen terrible injuries. We've seen, you know, back when I was a kid, Joe Theismann, this was totally different than anything we'd ever watched in an NFL game. I don't recall seeing anything firsthand in a – college game even Ty that uh, was of this nature there's only two instances I can personally reference that are like this from football where uh, what is now the report is is he went into cardiac arrest last night I know of two other occasions where this happened with someone on the field uh, in both games here in Arkansas so that's what comes to mind we'll 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 talk about maybe those uh, those memories and those moments later on but what a scary moment. We've never seen CPR administered in an NFL game or any other game I've watched on TV before. I mean, we've seen players knocked out. We know about concussion protocol. We've seen, as Booger McFarland talked about, bones broken. What we, what we saw last night was totally different and on such a different life and death level last night. Jamie texting the the situation this kind of reminded him of was Dale Earnhardt's um, fatal crash back in the day. Uh, and I know Phil Arf owned Phil Elson witnessed a, a horrific event in 2007 when he was the voice of the Travelers, where the first base coach and I'm I'm forgetting his name. I apologize, but uh, was struck by a foul ball that hit him directly in the temple, uh, and that was fatal. 
Uh, Kevin Ware's another injury where his bone came out of his body, but it wasn't like a fatal. Yeah, you never, you never feared of, his for his no, life. No, but that was like an excruciatingly painful looking mm. thing. That was one that I I remember the Louisville uh, small forward. But yeah, that was something last night that I had never um, never experienced seen kind of on television like you're referring but, to. But even with like Dale Earnhardt as an example, we just saw a car crash into the wall and it wasn't really even a hard hit. And those that knew the sport knew that was a problem, but to the average person, you didn't know what was going on with that. And obviously he he died on the track that day. And that was but that wasn't cardiac arrest. This was so different because we saw Hamlin last night make a tackle. This was not a blow to the head this was not anything that you know you fear the worst where you know, we saw a um was it the cotton bowl and it, it, it's all run together watch so much football but where uh player i think it was the cotton bowl where, where you know, there was target potential target and they lifted that but neither player got up for a moment there for just a few seconds you, you feared something was bad wrong this wasn't that kind of hit last night you know he rises to his feet and then as we've all seen, the image at this point collapses. Um, you know, and no one wanted to speculate. I didn't, I didn't know. No one knew what was going on. Would have been inappropriate to. But you, you felt like, hey, this didn't have anything to do with the play. Whatever just happened, my gut said, whatever's going on had nothing to do with that last play because there was nothing about that last play that indicated that had led to what, what happened here. But something seriously, seriously bad had happened. So... Um, the news this morning is uh, that he's, he had cardiac arrest. Obviously I, I tweeted this out ne- next to being in the hospital itself. There's probably no better place you could be than on a football field or a sporting event when something of this nature happens because of the medical personnel, the trained staff that are all just, you know, within feet of you. If, if you go into cardiac arrest in your car, or as we've unfortunately seen with Mike Leach in the last few weeks, and no one's near your side, it can be obviously fatal. So um, next to being in the hospital already, I don't know how uh, you could have gotten better care than than what we witnessed last night unfold. Are you familiar with the the Hank Gathers story? I know he played at Loyola. It's either Loyola Chicago or Loyola and Barrowmount. Barrowmount, uh, I believe it was. Basketball so. player. Uh, he was a mm-hmm. really talented college player. I, I, I know the outline of it, but I'm not as in-depth. That's more your wheelhouse based no, on this way. Cardiac 80, arrest, uh, uh, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. I need to Google it to be right. Here's here's two things that – one thing that was floating last night on social media to kind of correlate is Mackenzie Phillips, the late Lloyd Phillips' son, had a, a similar situation with a cardiac arrest in a high school football game in 1986 when he was playing in the Springdale-Fayetteville game. Something very similar occurred and went on to play at Arkansas. The one that comes to mind for me, and I was not in person for this, but I know have plenty of close friends that were. And I don't know if you ever got to meet. You probably met him here in the office maybe a time or two. I'm not sure if you did or not, but he's, he's passed on now. But the late Doug Lowry uh, was officiating the game in Bentonville. And this was probably either 2002 or three, And he went into cardiac arrest on the field. And if he'd have been anywhere else other than on that field that night, uh, next to a hospital, Doug wouldn't have been with us for a while. Long. He 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 was with us. I guess Doug's been gone two or three years now. 
um, time gets away. But th- those are the only two instances I call. And I, and I wasn't there that night. It happened at the uh, – it's been long enough ago. It happened at Bentonville's old stadium, not the one they play in now. And, um, again, that was probably 2002 or three somewhere in that neighborhood. So this happens. It's rare, but it is – Scary as all get out when it does, even when you're sitting in the comfort of your own living room just watching what unfolded last mm-hmm. week. Yeah, I'm sitting there watching it with my roommates, and we're just all looking at each other, asking, have you ever seen anything like this before, uh, the significance of the injury? We're not doctors. We're listening to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, who are kind of relaying the information. I don't remember what medical staff member that they had on last night in the official, but uh, they were trying to update it. That's a tough situation for any broadcaster to find himself in. I thought Joe can just kind of occasionally shared information but was quiet and kind of let the scene set itself, which you kind of have to do. But uh, for his teammates, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, uh, Sean McDermott, who's the Buffalo Bills head coach, it's one of those parts of football that you've really never experienced before and yeah. uh you could just tell the emotions that were tears streaming across several teammates faces last night as as mar was getting rushed to the hospital with that ambulance well and you're sitting there and you're not sure what you're watching but when someone's when cpr is being performed on your your teammate your your brother in arms there on that football field that i mean the, <laughs> i know these are grown men but they're still young men uh, that are playing this game right now. So none of us are equipped to process firsthand being on a knee surrounding your teammate the way they were last night. All right, more to get to here on the Morning Rush. That's where we begin on this first Morning Rush of 2023. We're brought to you by Farm Credit. If you farm, you got enough to worry about. You don't need to worry about your payment. It's monthly amount going up because of the rising cost of interest. Lock in a long-term fixed rate right now with Farm Credit. It will be good for the life of your loan, giving you the peace of mind in these changing economic times. Find a Farm Credit office near you at myaglender.com. That's myaglender.com. Farm Credit is an equal housing lender. All right, more to get to here on a Toyota Tuesday edition of the Morning Rush. Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Uh, David makes a great point on our text line at 877-377-6963. It's difficult to segue from talking about DeMar Hamlin to the great bowl games we have. We're going to do that coming up. You've had some incredible college football games that we've gotten to take in. We'll tell you about them in just a sec. Not much of an update on DeMar Hamlin this morning other than they have reports from ESPN have said that they've 
they let us know that it was cardiac arrest last night. They've got him in a medically induced coma or got him resting. He's in critical condition. Uh, the team apparently has went back to Buffalo, as you would expect. And uh, this game, I don't know what, what happens with this game. That's really not the priority right now, but uh, uh, we'll try to keep you updated. I don't know that we're going to get much of any new news out of this before we leave the air this morning, but keep it here all day. Hey, have uh, you've got relatives that are coming in sooner. You've had some that came and stayed with you over the holidays, and you're in northwest Arkansas. The Inn at the Mill is a great place to find that extra room you might not have in your house. Or we've been talking about the Arkansas-Missouri game. Maybe you're thinking about this game, or maybe you're thinking about a game down the road where the Hogs are going to play at home, particularly some of these. This is a 7.30 start. There's some 8 o'clock starts later on in the year. Uh, if you want to stay in northwest Arkansas, the most unique place, the place I stayed over the weekend uh, is at the end at the mill. Uh, it's a, got a historical feel to it. Uh, the water features around the property with the with the um, with the spring water rolling through the old mill site. There, it's just really relaxing, and uh, you can sit out on that patio near the mill and have a cup of coffee in the morning. You enjoy your European style breakfast that they'll prepare for you. It's close to the amp, Crystal Bridges, plenty of shopping. We mentioned going to the games, and they don't have a two night minimum for basketball games. So you can come up, you can stay the game night, and you can get back on your way to, to wherever home base is by the next day. Rooms are oversized, good internet service, great for the business traveler. Uh, it's got a couch in there you can spread out. It's, it's really comfortable. You're, you're going to love the, the feel of the rooms at the end at the mill. 479-443-1800 is her number. That's 443-1800. Or reserve your room online at inatthemill.com. So you had a really, really set of good semifinal games between TCU and Michigan and then Georgia and Ohio State. Ohio State had a chance to win. C.J. Stroud was magnificent, almost led the Buckeyes past a, a, a what is perceived to be a better team, but Stetson Bennett and company come up big. He had a great fourth quarter. Uh, that's the best combo of semifinal games that we've had. That Oklahoma-Georgia game years ago was great, but I think Alabama smashed some team in that other semifinal it wasn't close when you stack these two games up to any other game since the inception of the college football playoff. Well, I'd say bowl games in general have been better this year, uh, top to bottom. And maybe we're weighting those two semifinals better. I just hope we get a national championship game that's anywhere near that close. A lot of people have gained mad respect for TCU after their win over Michigan. Some people I saw were commenting that, hey, the real national championship game was the Georgia-Ohio State game. Either way, we've been entertained, and that's all I want. Just entertain me. Here, sit back, feed me cake, and entertain me. And uh, that's what we got with those semifinals. The Cotton Bowl, did you watch that thing yesterday? I know you were traveling Tulane back. Tulane and USC. Were I you home in time that, to watch that? I watched the highlights, and I had some friends that attended. And I was, I, I was watching. I didn't watch the entire game. I was listening here on ESPN Radio, but I got home to see the fourth quarter, and I've kind of not paying attention. Got to 16 points, and then... The last four minutes really got fun, and Tulane comes from 16 down, scores three different ways, and and uh, wins that football game. Uh, the safety, I don't know what the odds would have been on the Bet Saracen app to have the safety there in the closing minutes, but even yesterday's games in the Cotton Bowl were, uh, man, that was exciting stuff. Yeah. Then you had the 
the, the pass to the end zone that was ruled incomplete. You had replay. I mean, there was plenty of drama at the end of that ball game. It was nuts. Uh, one of my friends is a year that was a year above me at the U of A, Taylor McGregor. She was on call for the Arkansas-Kansas game at the Liberty Bowl, and she was also on call for that game as well. On so the radio. She, yeah. she, uh, she had two great sidelines to watch from. In both she was working the radio broadcast, right? In for the Cotton Bowl or yeah, for Memphis? Bowl. I don't know if it was the radio or television. Pretty I just sure. Know I, she was I, only reason with. I say that is because I was listening to the radio broadcast here on these airwaves. And uh, I, Brad Sham, the, I don't know if you're how familiar you are with Brad's Brad work, but Sham. Voice of the Cowboys has been, gosh, well. I guess my entire life. But he does the Cotton Bowl every year um, on the national radio broadcast. And he kept referring to, sounded like her, let's go down to the sidelines and Taylor. So I thought that probably was her well uh, with espn radio you talk so. about good games to to be at the cotton bowl and to be at the liberty bowl and how those games concluded i don't know outside of the semifinals yeah. i don't know if there's two better games to watch oh, this right. bowl season no that's now, good kirby's got a chance now kirby smart with georgia put, put themselves in special special category considering georgia wins the national championship last year the Horn frogs of tcu and sunny dykes are the only team that stands in the way of accomplishing that again I mean, you think about dynasties in college football the last two decades or so. We think about the U. We think about USC. We think about Alabama. If you want to go back uh, another decade, you could say Nebraska. But uh, Georgia has a, t- a chance to really supplant their legacy as of next Monday night. They're 12.5-point favorites on the Bet Saracen app. I was a little surprised that it was that tall, 12.5. I mean, uh, you know, it, I thought that game probably closer to eight or ten. Twelve and a half seems like a lot. I don't know. I mean, I, I hadn't loaded up on no TCU, but uh, does that seem a little big for you? I think so, and I think that just fuels the fire to the guys down at Fort Worth. And I, I'd be really frustrated if I was them that someone thought it was it was that big of a deficit, that big of a gap between them because they just keep and I know they lost to Kansas State in heartbreaking fashion in the Big Twelve Championship. But they just keep people. Uh, Proving people wrong. I mean, that Michigan game, the offense, their really their defense with what two pick sixes and a fumble recovery near the goal line. That was a huge game changing play in the first half. Uh, McCarthy did not have a superb game for Michigan. Uh, TCU really got to him that night. Absolutely, and the way they kept bringing pressure. And I was, I was, I thought it was fun watching at the end when you know a lot of teams going to prevent defense. They did anything but that and just kept kept coming after McCarthy when they had chances with the ball back um saw that also to a degree with Tulane last night and what Willie Fritz was was doing with they didn't lay up it, you know so a lot of times prevent defense prevents victory and I, what I liked at the end of both of those games is they kept coming after and swarming the quarterback I think Jim Harbaugh makes the move to the NFL well, even as the call. former Wolverine quarterback and He's gotten them the back-to-back semifinals. People thought this was the year they were going to get to a national championship game. But again, Max Duggan and TCU got in their way. Well, there's a lot of a lot of stuff uh, swarming after uh, was it Nathaniel Hackett at, uh, at Denver. Denver? Correct. That opening that uh, the Walton family and uh, the owners of uh, the, the Denver Broncos uh, have have reached out to Harbaugh. So we'll see what happens there. There's, you know, I don't know what to believe that you read on Twitter anymore, but uh, there's some some that believe that if given a chance to return to the NFL, that Harbaugh would jump at it. I guess we'll see. Does the fact that he is an alum of Michigan change that dynamic at all, or is that still 
the draw to the NFL still too great because there were the same rumors that were said either last year or two years ago, and people thought he might make the jump back into the National Football League, which we saw him have success with the San Francisco 49ers. Is that is that too much of a pull to keep him in Ann Arbor? Well, I think if you're going to coach at your alma mater, you want to find the right exit point. I mean, these things aren't forever. You know, rare is it is that you can coach your alma mater and you can ride off into the sunset after a lengthy career. Um, how long does Harbaugh want to coach? I mean, it seems to be in the family blood that, you know, retirement it doesn't appear to be in the, in the near future. Uh, so... Question, I guess, and I'm just using the logic I would use, how close do you really believe you are to a national championship? Was this year, did things fall your way and it's a little fluky, or do you think that you can really go toe-to-toe? Do you truly believe in your deepest, darkest moments that you're as good or better than Ohio State's program in the Big Ten? That would be how, if you're not there and you don't believe you can really win a national title in Michigan, you probably move on, because this is probably as good as it's going to get, is to be however many handful of plays, one handful of plays away from playing for a national Mm -hmm. title right now at Michigan. Well, let's think about it from this vantage point. Last year, they were dominated by Georgia after getting to the college football playoff. This year, they lost in the narrowest of ways to TCU. So maybe he's looking at his glass half full. We got that much closer this year. You think about the comparison to Ohio State. They've kicked the you-know-what out of the Buckeyes the last two years. So if Mm -hmm. it's just about that, then... And well, they, it, this year was in Columbus, too. I would say they're on pretty steady ground right now if you want to look at that that perspective. Can it get any better? How, the only way to make it better is to win the national title. And honestly, how many Michigan fans would rather beat Ohio State than win? I mean, if you had to lose to Ohio State but win the national title, I, I don't. you you think that'd be a 100 to nothing vote, right? But I'm not sure. Winning that game means as much or more than a national title to those folks. And for for Harbaugh, if you're going to get out at a point where you remain a legend or whatever, and there's no good way to leave your alma mater, this might be the right exit point. I don't know what's going through his crazy mind. I mean, that, that family always has a, a different wavelength uh, when it comes to, to thought and how they even approach. We've even heard the stories of, of Halloween candy. You know, they just do everything a little bit different. So, um, but I would I would suspect if the right opportunity pops up in the NFL, and I don't know if the Denver Broncos is the right opportunity. Um, and we're getting ready to get into this crazy moment here with the NFL, with the season coming to the regular season coming to a close. Openings are going to happen. I suspect Harbaugh will be in the NFL come next season. When is the NFL going to put the Buffalo Bills in Cincinnati game? When they said know. postponed. I'm thinking about like a timeline. I don't know. Where do you... You're, you're running out of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if it would be later this week or how they would go about that. But you got to think about it. That's a huge, impactful yeah. game. The number one seed in the AFC is on the line for the Bills. You've got Cincinnati who's trying to clinch their division. I think it's the AFC North, if I remember that right. So you think about the, the magnitude of that game. Cincinnati was coming in with a seven-game win streak last night. And then Buffalo trying to again capture the number one seat in the AFC. And if you're just hopping in with us this morning, maybe you didn't watch it last night. Uh, a Buffalo Bills uh, defensive back by the name of Demar Hamlin went down, and Tommy Sears reported cardiac arrest. That That's was what's the update. On ESP, for, uh, it was the first thing my phone went to this morning when I got up was to see what the. I mean, because I'll be honest, my fear was I was going to wake up and the story was going to be he'd passed away. Yeah, I mean. 
Fortunately, you know, there was immediate medical assistance on the field, the CPR and all the things. You know, there was a re- part of the report on ESPN was the defibrillator was used to get the heart back in rhythm. Uh, those things saved his life. We've unfortunately just went through a story with Mike Leach where he had a cardiac event and was left un- it, with no medical response because no one found him for what appeared to be 10 to 15 minutes from the reports. And that proved to be fatal. That's how critical that immediate response is, and that CPR is to keep uh, to keep you going. So uh, that was my fear. Is you know, twenty four years old, we think, hey, you got the whole world in front of you. But uh, I'm sure that somewhere the in the NFL office in New York, they've already had those conversations. If not today, they'll begin. What do you do? Because you're right, this game was at the five minute and whatever, five thirty eight or whatever was on the clock in the first quarter was what, seven to three in Cincy lead. I don't even remember. Yeah. The score doesn't matter at this point. Um I don't know how you just call it a draw. I mean, I don't know how you you can't declare a winner. I mean that, that, the game was not far enough along, was not out of competitive balance. You I don't know what you do. This wasn't five minutes to go in the game that was a three touchdown game and you can just declare a winner. So um I don't know what the rules, you know, if we all keep, what are they going to do? Well, sometimes you just got to go back to your own policies, your own rule book. What does their rule book say? My guess is the NFL has some kind of uh, procedure for this kind of event. But the problem, like you said, this isn't week four. This is week, what would it be, 15, 16? I don't know, I lose track of what week in the NFL it is. But you only got a few days or, or, or you know, you're coming up on the playoffs that have to begin. How do you settle the seating? Yeah, I think it's I think it's seventeen because they moved it to seventeen games. There's yeah. eighteen, so eighteen, I, I nineteen think. week, whatever it is, because you got the buys figured in there. But um, point being, the NFL, the playoffs are coming. You got to figure out that this wasn't a game that had no consequence or bearing on it. it has supreme, yeah, bearing on on mm-hmm. your playoffs. So the integrity of your playoffs, competitive balance, but but paramount to all of it, player safety. And you said, what do you mean, player safety? Well, these these players particularly with the Bills, got to be mentally right and ready to go. And you think, oh, he's no, this was their teammate. This would this would be like someone you work with every day going down on the job in front of everybody in the office or whatever. I mean, put yourself in, in, in your context to what happened last night. You think you're going to be right between the years to just go out and, and be at your best within 24, 48, 72 hours? How do you play that game in that time frame and then turn around and play the next one? I mean, there's just a lot of a lot of discussion to it. I mean, but if you stop and think about it, this would be similar to someone you've worked beside for two years, three years, whatever. Drops in the floor at your office today. And CPR has to be administered. This is their work office. This is their office last night. So Got to consider also the Bills players and when will they be mentally ready to return to work. Yeah, here's... Uh Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on this last night. The players now for both teams are so tight around DeMar Hamlin, it's tough to get our cameras in there. Maybe that's for the best, but they have him on a backboard, I am told, and now on a stretcher. So you think about not only for his teammates that you spoke to, but for the opposing Cincinnati Bengals and Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow and all those guys that are watching just they're a, a competitor, but also a, a family member of sports because the NFL, they treat it as a family, kind of like Tommy was saying. Uh, 
they've you think about Demar's actual family. He's a kid that went to Pittsburgh. Uh, it was a Pittsburgh Panther, or whatever their mascot is. So he's not too far from where he grew up and stuff. But uh, I know that he has a um, a foundation that had a goal of like twenty five hundred, and it busted one million in donations last night. And people were funding that. Uh, pretty sporadically and over and over. Uh, There were Cincinnati Bengals fans that sat outside with candles praying outside the hospital last night where uh, he was located, which I thought was a a, a kind of a unique picture and unique setup. And you had all these, this camaraderie, not only between Bills and Bengals players, but the fans also uh, sitting together, huddled up, not only outside the hospital, but in the stadium itself. It was just a a very... uh, heartwarming moment last night for a lot of football fans that really have not seen something like that in, yeah. in quite some time. You know, and it became it went from a sport and and um Joe Buck talked about this. He was on with Van Pelt. I mean, I was just glued to this last night. You know, but this in a much different fashion became like the what was it the eighty eight or eighty nine World Series where you had the earthquake out in the bay and it it went from a sports story to a news story instantly. From that regard, this went from a sports story to a human life news story in the in just the blink of an eye, and you had to change the the, the way you were doing things. I thought, you know, there was probably a little bit of unintentional misinformation throughout that early stages, but nobody really knew what was going on, and you were just trying to to responsibly and best you could report everything last night. I thought Buck and Aikman in the booth, and then they went back and. Had the studio crew. I thought Booger McFarland did an excellent job of, you know, portraying the emotions and the thought process and the logic that a player would be going through in that moment. So uh, I thought it was well handled and well covered last night by all angles uh, at ESPN. Yeah, you just had the player perspective with Booger. You also had Ryan Clark, former Pittsburgh a defensive back, that shared some thoughts that we'll play mm-hmm. later on this morning and. Uh, the human element is something that I think we forget about sometimes in such a physical sport, and it, it's difficult to kind of comprehend the the actual uh, ramifications sometimes of playing the game. We know we've got more information on CTE and stuff like that, but I think last night was just a, an example that we don't think about often until it's presented in front of us, and unfortunately we kind of got an example we'd rather not see ever especially for Demar and his family they there's no there's no worse thing that they're experiencing they have to see their son their brother whoever you know the biggest unspoken fear of the sport of football is a participant dying on the field now this would have been different last night from the standpoint that now we know it was cardiac arrest but the biggest unspoken fear of the game of football is a big massive hit that's one of the reasons that all of this concussion protocol and um, all of the things with, with targeting rules and everything that's went in, this would have been the next worst scenario. But if a player took a massive hit or delivered a massive hit and, and head-to-head contact was involved and a player doesn't get up from that, I don't know where the game of football might, might go at that point. There, there had to be a moment that crossed a lot of people's minds last night where if this ends up, and fortunately to this point this morning in the latest reports, it's not the worst. But if it was the worst, you you, you worry and you wonder and you think and you, and you ponder and all those things about football. 
and where it goes. And that's probably not the thought any of us should have, but that's always been the discussion I've heard my dad have and I've heard coaches have and I've heard former players have is it's going to be a day where somebody doesn't make it off that field. And um, there's been a lot of people that wanted to push back from targeting and uh, all of these rules have been placed, put in place for, for player safety. Now, this, this situation turned out to be much different. When you watch the play, I think it became evident to anyone that's watched much football, whatever happened on that tackle was not the was not the cause of what ended up following that with him getting back up and collapsing. Um, but in some ways, that made it scarier because there was a lot more unknown. So, it's just a, I mean, if it didn't make you pause, I know at my house, I was watching the game in the living room, kind of alone. My wife was sitting in the next room doing her thing. And the next thing I know, the whole family more or less was in the front room glued to this. I mean, it became a, an interest or, or a, a story that everybody, well, I mean, we sat there for, for an hour or whatever it was, just waiting on the next detail. Yeah, it's not a, just an ESPN thing. If you watched any news last night, the cycle made its way to probably every single news station imaginable locally there in Cincinnati, nationally, wherever you watch your news. I mean, it's something that really took over the cycle last night and Sometimes that's a good, like when you see something like that, sometimes it's a good thing, but a lot of times it's a bad thing. And unfortunately, this case for DeMar, his teammates, and his family last night is a bad thing. And I, you made the point earlier that I also thought the same thing, that I thought I was going to wake up this morning with, yeah. an, with a picture of DeMar, unfortunately, at the age of 24. That's something else that we can't overlook is that he's 24 years old. I think about uh, some of my friends uh, and family members or whatever that have passed away and, and at an early age or what's thought to be way earlier than they actually should. You always hear the same cliche. He or she had his entire life in front of them. But uh, last night was unfortunately an example that life is precious and it doesn't always, doesn't always last as long as you think it will. And hopefully for his case, we won't have to utter those words and give you an update that he's no longer with us at any point this morning yeah. or this week. One thing that gave you some hope was the fact that, uh, they stopped the ambulance long enough for his mother to, to get in and ride to the hospital with him. My guess is, and I'm only using just what I think is common sense logic, if it was that distraught or that uh, touch and go, you probably find her a different way to the hospital, right? So that, that was just what, and maybe I'm wrong about that. That was, that was one thing that gave us some hope that this was going to turn out maybe okay. Um, we'll see where this game goes from there. None of that really matters at this point. All right, speaking of games, Arkansas-Missouri coming up tomorrow night. we got more to get to on uh, the DeMar Hamlin story and a lot to uh, to unpack here in the morning rush. We're brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. If you want to go camping in style in 2023, our friends at Wheels can get you there with a front row seat to, was it, 52, I think, state parks in Arkansas. There's national parks in our area as well. You can go to Hot Springs and see the national parks there. Get a front row seat with Wheels RV and get a lifetime warranty on every new RV they sell. That's all of Wheels RV, five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, discover with Wheels RV. Also want to share the latest on Razorback football news coming up. 
It's football playoff and bowl season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. With 64-inch TVs everywhere, cold beer, delicious burgers, and you-know wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch all the playoff and bowl games. So bring the gang and join us this playoff and bowl season at our Conway, Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, and Fort Smith locations. Buffalo Wild Wings, your home for the big games. Roar! First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. So what is the best bowl game that you've watched this season? 877-377-6963. I know we took in a great Liberty Bowl game between Kansas and Arkansas. There was a great semifinals game between Ohio State and Georgia, as there was with TCU and Michigan. Tulane and USC, Tommy, in the Cotton Bowl. That was pretty good, too, man. Uh, I thought the end, of course, I mean, there's never there's never a bad day for USC to lose and then watching Lincoln Riley. And it, this is one thing Sooner fans and I can agree on is Lincoln Riley losing. Boy, they loved it last night. And uh, saw the word karma getting thrown around a lot. So that was a pretty good ending to see a 16-point comeback in the Cotton Bowl. But this was, without question, the best collection of semifinals together that we've ever had. I mean, I don't even think that's even arguable at this point. So, uh I think it's been the best bowl season we've had. Maybe we're just overreacting because it's it's right here, right now. But uh, but to me, that I think we've seen the absolute best postseason to this point. I just hope the championship game can live up. Yeah, and that's where I was going to go next is with all the great bowl games that we've had to this point, specifically the ones that get you to the national championship, is there any way that TCU and Georgia can fulfill the satisfaction that has been given to us by these other games? Because I just I don't know if we're going to have it. You think the line is a little high at 12.5 on the Bet Saracen app, and I tend to agree with you a little bit that I was kind of surprised to see it that high. TCU has been a formidable opponent. Yes, they have been in the Big 12, but their only loss is a heartbreaker to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship. They show they can compete against Michigan. Now, Georgia is a different animal. We know that, but they were tested on Saturday when Ohio State was a 52-yard field goal away from winning that thing. That kicker has been awesome for the Buckeyes this year, but just had one of the worst kicks of his career. <laughs> Duck hook left. So uh, I mean, that wasn't when it left his foot, you're like, all right, this never game's had a over. Not even close. Now, should we... Let me ask you something. I, I feel bad for this kid. But I don't kid, feel bad for Ohio State. Ever, no, so. and, and there's a difference between the individual and the guy that's actually wearing the, the scarlet or whatever. But, I mean... Should a college kicker be expected to make a 52-yard field goal? Because you know he's just getting tethered and slaughtered on his social media well, right now, which I feel bad for him, and it's going to be from Ohio State fans, but should he be expected to make that? Should he expect, be expected to make a better effort than he made? Okay. I mean, did he make a field goal kick? Or I mean, I don't know what that was, but that wasn't a field goal attempt. What was Cam Little's? I mean, it's not like that thing ever had a chance. It'd be one thing to miss it. 
and you mentioned Cam Little, you know, where it's close and it has a chance. That one never had a chance. I think you are expected to at least get the ball in the air. When, when you have a clean snap and a clean hold, I think the expectation is reasonable that you should at least get it somewhere near the upright. Okay. And that was near the pylon, not near the upright. Yeah, and I, I didn't know because Cam's was a, what, a 40-something yarder against A&M and his, hit an the odd po- angle. And his hit the post. We've, we've talked about that at nauseum, but I, I'm wondering, like, do people view that differently because of the closeness of the attempt relative to the magnitude of the situation and it being as bad as it actually was. I think you can understand and live with it if a 52-yarder comes up and hits the crossbar okay. or comes up just short, hits the upright. There's no, there's nothing given or, or, or guaranteed, but this isn't a chip shot. But I have a little bit of trouble. I mean, that, that's just a choke, right? Get to that moment, game on the line, timeout was called by Georgia, going through your head you, you you got mentally defeated mm-hmm. that is am i wrong about that am i am i being overly critical i i think the way again how i framed it was as close as cams was in that situation i know it's frustrating i know there's no more irritated than that outcome than cam was but for that guy and i'm forgetting the ohio state kicker's name to be as bad as it was for it not to be close after a good hold and a good snap i think that's where that's where fans, and again, you, you send yourself to the national championship. You hit that kick. Well, as players, as we move further down the NIL road, and it becomes more and more accepted by fans that these are professionals now. Not only are they getting the full cost of attendance, not only is their scholarship fully funded, not only is everything we've gotten used to, but now they're getting X number of dollars on top of it. I think you'll see more open criticism about mm-hmm. situations just like that. All right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. Bruce Dan, the Pradco Fishing now joins us. Bruce, you text Tommy and I late last night about what we all witnessed on Monday Night Football between the Bills and the Bengals. Uh, DeMar Hamlin goes down um, due to cardiac arrest that was reported by ESPN you kind of said the same thing we did. We've never seen anything like that, man. No, you know, probably after uh, Tommy texted me, it came uh, 1990, Hank Gathers on the court for LMU, Loyal and Marymount. And a lot of y'all remember mm-hmm. Paul West had coached that team, and they ran up and down the floor, scored a lot of points. And, uh, amazing uh, player, Hank Gathers. He collapsed on the court. He had a heart condition. It wasn't like somebody hit him, but that's probably the closest thing we've seen to someone having something that serious uh, on the on the court or on the field. But definitely football, we've seen a lot of uh, what we would say life-threatening injuries, uh, neck injuries, debilitating injuries, but there's nothing like that. It's just sobering. Yeah. I actually know one of his coaches at Pitt. He's on our pro staff at Cranco, Andre Powell. He's running back special teams coach and we were texting uh after that happened and he said the kid ham was just an amazing kid good kid kind of kid you want in your program and uh he's like so many people just praying for him that's what about what everybody's produced to right now i think a lot of people were, were wondering you know is this something more i mean i think we all kind of condition ourselves there's hard hits and there's helmet to helmet contact and things you may not get up from but this was not that kind of football play 
um, you know, it's more or less a routine tackle. He stands back up and collapses. If anyone that's seen the video would, would know that description. If you haven't, I mean, this wasn't like a hard hit, bone jarring, um, you know, set of contact here. So that that's what left a lot of people, I think, maybe more concerned otherwise because there seemed to be no explanation, Bruce, from the from the actual play itself that that led up to that. At least that final play. Yeah, and, and again, you never know. Uh, you know, we had uh, Pete Maravich spoke at my church when I was a kid, and we all got to play basketball with him. And less than a year later, he he uh, died. He had a hole in his heart. You don't know if uh, you know Jamar's got a condition uh, or if it was just a perfect hit shoulder pad to the chest, and that's what did it. But you don't really know. Uh, Sometimes you can go through life and have conditions you don't know about. That's right. Uh, you know, just right now, everybody's, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, praying for him. A lot of people will remember that the older members of our audience will remember. And Bruce, you, you probably, I don't. What, what year did you get to the Times Record? Hey, Tommy. What year? What year did you start at, at the Times? Yeah, record? I was there eighty nine. Okay, so uh, this might have been a little. Uh, and and I I was kind of refreshed on this story last night about Mackenzie Phillips who played um it was at a Springdale Fayetteville high school football game and had a very similar situation uh Lloyd Phillips son and there was a lot of questions about whether his future in football would be there because he had a cardiac arrest and a heart condition a cardiac event on the football field in the Springdale Fayetteville game in 1986 um so I think about that I know you remember Doug Lowry uh, he was officiating a game at Bentonville about 20 years ago and went into cardiac arrest. He was after – I was not in the game or at this game, but he was jogging back after a touchdown to his spot for the kickoff and just collapsed uh, at the old Bentonville Stadium. So, I mean, um, these are scary, scary moments when things like this happen because I think we all know that when there's a hard hit, we're kind of conditioned to players maybe sometimes don't get up, but we've – you know there's very few times in any of our lives we can either recall hearing about or seeing CPR administered on a football field. No, and, you know, as fans, you know, this is our escape. This is what we, you know, go to games for, kind of get away from everyday life and, you know, do something happy. And it is, uh, it is sobering. And I think, you know, you, you look at yourself and, you know, you might ask yourself deep questions like, you know, what's going to happen to me? Something like that happens, you know. Do, do I know the Lord? I just think there's so many things that mm-hmm. go through your mind when you uh, see incidents like that. Uh, it's, it's definitely, you know, you, you even feel for all the fans last night. You think Tommy that could have been us and our kids at that game last night, and you know, an eight nine year old starts asking a lot of questions, and you know, it's just it's it's sobering, and it's it's not what we do sports for, but obviously it it, it happens and. Uh, you know, millions and millions of uh, people are uh, dealing with it right now. You know, it's a, it's a unfortunate and sad way to humanize sports, but we look at these people as characters on our TV screens a lot of times. And we, you know, oh, they put their pants on one leg at a time. Just like, But we don't really put it into the proper context. And then something like last night happens and you see the emotion of his teammates. You see the touch-and-go nature of what was going on and, I mean, you can't help but humanize the events that unfolded last night. 
No, I, I think you're right. We look at them like they're just, uh, you know, almost game figures. And, you know, you see their helmets off and you see the despair of Josh Allen and a lot of the Bills. And they obviously, uh, Lamar Hamlin, and, uh, you, you, it really humanized it. And, you know, you could see uh, the coaches and the body language. And you didn't even have to hear anything. You knew they were going to call the game mm-hmm. off. You could see this lump in shoulders and, it just uh, it was, it was tough to watch and uh, not something you want to watch as uh, sports fans. Yeah. Definitely not something you want to talk about. We'll keep uh, on the radio the next yeah. morning. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on uh, any any developments. I'm not expecting any updates throughout our morning, uh, but uh, there's no easy way to transition from that topic. So we'll just move on to the bowl games uh, from the weekend. Bruce, we've been talking about the national semifinals you, you you've sometimes had one good game and one stinker sometimes we've had two blowouts that weren't very entertaining we got anything but that on new year's eve as we got uh, uh thoroughly entertained with two national semifinals that uh, went right to the wire if you're a neutral uh, the way play college football playoff started since they you know in the 14 format you've been wanting Close games, well-played games, a lot of drama. Uh, th- this is what you, you hope for. And, uh, you know, if you live down here where we do, you, you don't mind seeing the Big Ten taking on the ten a couple of times either. <laughs> but it was uh, it was interesting. Georgia, you know, saw a lot of resolve, kind of wondered, is this the end for them? And, uh, you know, that you look at Seth and Bennett and you just try to, you know, you look at it next to someone uh, like, KJ Jefferson or uh, you know Joe Milton, and he's like, "How's this little guy keep doing it?" But and he's just a winner. He keeps finding a way to do it. Yeah, there was uh, there were some good ones this weekend, Bruce, and uh, it wasn't just that. But I, did you get a chance to watch the Cotton Bowl? We listened to it on XM yesterday, and uh, you know it was it was uh, we were driving to Nashville for our distributor, so and uh, it was amazing the last uh, several minutes how they. Yeah. Uh, came back so with all these different opt-outs and stuff did did you feel like that kind of took away from some of the bowl games or did that maybe add to the idea of we're getting to see these young guys play the future like you were kind of talking about with arkansas last week see what the future program looks like what did you think of the yeah the, the comparison I mean, obviously i'm a tennessee fan and you know you want to see your bullet the cough award uh, winner, Jalen Hyatt, take the field for the last time. Uh, you know, you, you want to see your best offensive and defensive players play in the game. And it just kind of stings that, you know, any NFL-eligible player, they're, they're just not playing. Unless it's a playoff game, they're not playing uh, in these both games. But, you know, for me, just seeing the way Milton played against Clemson and, you know, a bunch of no-name defenders decided to, you know, make some stands. It, it was exciting. Uh, you know, anytime you win a orange bowl, it's exciting. And, uh, I'm sure, uh, anybody, their team won a bowl game. They're, they're fired up. And I'm sure anybody that lost a bowl game, you know, they got an empty feeling because a lot of their best players didn't play and they lost. So it's, uh, it's creative with, uh, NIL and, uh, the portal and craft. And, you know, I, I don't know, Maybe the 12-team playoff will help that because you would think everybody will want to play in the playoffs. But probably a lot of these teams are just going to have to get used to playing uh, bowl games with uh, 
second teamers and backups and, Mm -hmm. you know, people get a chance to make a name for themselves. So if we look ahead to Monday night, are you rooting for Georgia in the Southeastern Conference or do you want to see the underdog Sonny Dykes and TCU come away with that national championship? You know, my wife and I talk about this a lot. I just, it's hard for me being a longtime Tennessee fan to root for Alabama, to root for Georgia, to root for Florida. I just probably root for a good game. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not one of these conference pride guys that all in for the SEC. Uh, and there's some teams in the SEC I like, but I don't know if you, yeah. if you, you just asked me the question, I guess, I guess I'd like to see TC pull the upset. I'd like to see the small team win, Sunny Dykes get the victory and, uh, you know, not 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 a not a big yeah. Georgia fan. <laughs> well, I mean, for me as an Arkansas fan, which which program is Arkansas more like? I think it's pretty simple. Are you are you more like Georgia, or do you look more like TCU? And you know, you you absolutely want TCU to win this if you're an Arkansas because it it just gives you hope and it it shows you. I don't know if you can really read a blueprint from it, but it shows you that you know the little guy can get to the mountaintop, even with all the Goliaths. And, I mean, is, does it get much more Goliath than Michigan, Ohio State, and Georgia? I mean, only thing you're missing is Bama. How TCU could possibly navigate this is beyond most people's uh, imagination. And so, to me, Arkansas is a lot more like TCU than they'll ever be like Georgia. So, I absolutely want TCU to win. And I don't know who TCU's athletic director is, but I'm going to tell you, he, he had to go through the heartache of firing Gary Patterson two years ago, who did an amazing job. TCU, uh, just one of the best defensive minds in college football for over a decade. And then, you know, went across town and got Sonny Dykes. What, what he saw and how he put this team together and how this run they've gone on, I think only five players have bowl experience. That's just, it's just amazing. I mean, he, I don't think they're talking about him much, but uh, he should probably get a lot of credit. And uh, it is a blueprint. You know, you get the right coach and you get the right quarterback and get everybody fired up, you can do it. Yeah, I mean, Probably helps with the Big 12 schedule too, Tommy. Yeah, well, that doesn't hurt. But, you know, confidence is a big thing. And I was was watching that game. You know, the Big Ten doesn't have a lot of up-tempo, hurry-up, you know, spread you out, try to go a million miles an hour type of offenses. And TCU put some of that on them. And I just think, Michigan was ill-prepared for some of the tempo and things they, they saw in that game. It looked like it. I mean, obviously, uh, Michigan scored a lot of points, but they definitely had problems uh, with what TCU was doing offensively. And, uh, you know, Georgia's a different animal. I, I didn't think they play well uh, as well as they, we've seen them play against Ohio State. But, you know, Ohio State's pretty good. Uh, you know, DJ Stroud's an amazing quarterback. So I just, I probably tend to think Georgia will get its act together and uh, rein in the defensive principles and pro- probably uh, not face the same type of talent they did against Ohio State. Uh, you know, I hope we're not disappointed uh, by, based on the semifinals being close, but, you know, I, I could easily see Georgia running away, away with this. Uh, on Monday night. Absolutely. All right, the, the only thing more unpredictable than sports right now is the weather. <laughs> because we went, from, <laughs> we went from having negative five to having 75 in the course of less than 10 days. And 
I don't know what that does for the fishing, Bruce, but we we have uh, went from parkas and base layers to t-shirts <laughs> in, in the in the yeah. in the course of about a week's time. So how does that affect the fishing right now? Well, it actually makes fishing real good. If you like bass fishing, you know this week you've been waiting for a week like this. You know you're going to get a swim bait like a three or three and a half inch Scottsboro swim bait made by Yum, and uh, you're going to get like a side minnow uh, color and put it on a quarter or eight ounce jig head. Uh, you know you're going to start fishing uh, marinas, docks, main lake points. Uh, and fish are active right now, and it doesn't matter if you're going to Washtar or Greer's Ferry or Beaver, uh, Ten Killer, um, bass are active this week, and uh, you, you, a swim bait is a great way to target them, uh, cover a lot of water, make a lot of casts, you fish it at any depth from the surface you know, all the way down to 30, 40, 50 feet or, or beyond. But I would imagine umbrella rig, like a young umbrella flash mob junior, and then swim bait, Young Scottsboro swim bait are probably things that bass fishermen uh, want to throw right now. So anytime it gets real cold and then it warms up real quick, bass like that, even just a degree or two uh, improvement in the water temperature, uh, we'll get those things active. All right, find any of the great brands made right here in Arkansas by Pradco. And you mentioned a few of them right there. You can find them at Walmart, Bass Pro Shops, Academy, LureNet.com, your favorite local tackle stores like Jelco and others. It's all uh, made by Pradco and, again, made in Arkansas. Bruce, enjoy your time in Nashville, and we'll see you here next week. All right, good talking to you all. All right, Bruce Stanton, Pradco Fishing with us here on The Morning Rush. All right, so we're going to talk some more college football coming up. Arkansas news-wise, Jordan Dominic and Simeon Blair entering the transfer portal. Kind of the big news from last night that uh, you've got Damar Hamlin, who's still in the hospital. Haven't gotten an update yet as of this morning on his condition, but uh, cardiac arrest is something he's dealing with last night. And we'll continue to get in all those big storylines this morning. It's just good to be back. Did you have a good New Year's? I did have a good New I, I mean, we didn't go out and I, we weren't on the town on new year's eve but uh had a good new year's day and watched a lot of football and uh made me a pot of gumbo on new year's eve and watched football and it it was uh, it was a good day the kiddos stay up till 12 and watch and i again i know dick clark is no longer with us but i guess ryan seacrest is t- yeah. taking it over they watched the I'll ball be drop. honest i was up too i didn't plan to stay up that late but my sleep schedule's all messed up right now so and but now i was up at the uh at the strike of midnight, and there was two or three different things on to watch. You know, uh, Next Star TV. They had they had a the, the Lone Star New Year's Eve. I watched some of that. You had the deal in Nashville where you mm-hmm. were at, where uh, Casey Ballerina and Zach Brown Band. They were on CBS. <laughs> what did you just say? I don't know what her name is, but she's Ballerini. Ballerini. I'll tell you this: that white outfit she had on looked pretty good. So that's all I can tell Laura. you about that. Laura, about that. So. Uh, I watched a little bit of that. I didn't. I didn't watch much of what was on ABC. I don't care about Times Square and and, and beyond. The music acts they had on there had zero appeal to me. So. Nashville had some good acts. I then Dad, I'll have to stick with you on that. I'll watch that a lot more than what Times Square was. Yeah. 
At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. All right, it's hour number three of the Morning Rush on a Toyota Tuesday. Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hawk Sports set to join us. we got a lot of things that we're going to discuss with him, Arkansas football, basketball, and then you sure heard the latest on what's going on with Damar Hamlin, who at this point in time we have no updates on his condition. You know, the holidays, we're just getting through that. Kids are going to go back to school at some point this week. Uh, if you've went through a holiday season, you've just wrapped it up where – the visitation the court orders have promised you didn't happen or there's problems or it's a hassle and you're just tired of dealing with it. The Kevin Hickey Law Partners with Kevin Hickey and Brad Hull, Hickey and Hull Law Partners, have the experience to get you through this and to aggressively represent you when it comes to you seeing your kids when you're supposed to. They've dealt with it all. They've seen it all. Angry spouses bringing false accusations, ugly custody battles, DHS not giving you the whole story. You need experienced, caring individuals that understand what's going on and know how to navigate the legal system to help you and represent you aggressively from your corner. Call Kevin or Brad today, 479-802-6560 in Northwest Arkansas. In Fort Smith, it's 434-2414. Coming soon to Little Rock and also in the MENA area as well. That's KevinHickeyLaw.com. For more details, KevinHickeyLaw.com. Tom, the number one story right now in sports is what's going on with DeMar Hamlin. I know that uh, you've probably had to take in a lot of news as of late with Razorback and football and basketball, but as we welcome you in this morning, just kind of your thoughts on what occurred on Monday Night Football. Yeah, good morning, everyone. It's a somber day in the, the world of sports. Morning, everyone. Yeah, it's a somber day in the world of sports because uh, – we really haven't seen anything like this. Um, I was watching the game and saw the tackle. looked like a relatively normal tackle. Um, but um, we've seen in other sports, sometimes if you take a blow to the chest, just the right, you know, the, just the right uh, force 
um, the timing in your the electrical impulses in your body. Um, I've read stories before where hockey pucks have hit people in the chest, caused cardiac arrest. Baseballs, obviously, um, just getting punched in the chest sometimes. So I think um, not to speculate about like what what's going to happen, but um, it's just a sad deal, and I mean it causes grown men to cry, and uh, we. I know there's been incidents on the field before, but no, nothing quite like this. Yeah, I was. Uh, people were bringing up a couple different things: Gathers, Earnhardt, some of the names that have been brought to the attention by a few of our listeners this morning. Uh, Tom, what do you do if you're a Buffalo Bills teammate or a, a Cincinnati opposing player in the coming days? Uh, Tommy brought up the mental stability of both teams. How do you kind of resolve yourself after what occurred last night? Oh, uh, you know, that's a tough question because it's such, uh, uh, it's not completely unprecedented, but in our times, it, it is unprecedented. Um, you have to square yourself away with what you do. Um, uh, it's, it's your livelihood. Um, so many guys who play the sport understand how blessed they are that they're, they're playing a game and they get, you know, well compensated for it. Uh, but to, um, to, to have thought that they could, start the game back up last night was ludicrous um and perhaps I, I don't know about the whole five minutes to warm up thing um certainly that wasn't going to happen but um i don't know if they they try to make up the game i mean it's um it's a tough deal to like reprogram and get back on the field and start tackling people again but um that's what they do as a living and, I, and i'm sure uh, there's going to be a process for these guys, and I don't know when they they would be able to play. But um, we, I, I think, I think the focus is just that that the young man Hamlin uh, regains consciousness and and is able to re, you know keep living. Yeah, one thing he has on his side is youth. I mean, you don't expect things like this with 24 year old people and young adults, but. Uh, if if we know anything else, Tom, with a few years under our belt, youth. Uh, Youth can't be substituted. And if if anything else, uh, what he has in his corner is uh, is a young age and a strong body. Absolutely, that's the case, and you know, strong constitution and all that. So I'm I'm sure uh, they're doing the best they can, and uh, hopefully, you know, his strong body will, will will recover. Yeah. All right, let's shift to to some Arkansas football news because we've been talking about the portal uh, with a couple of more players entering. Simeon Blair, who was a captain for you after uh, Catalan uh, was unable to complete the season. And then uh, Dominic, Jordan Dominic, has entered the transfer portal. Arkansas is, I mean, I think it's north of 25 now. I've lost track on on the number of players that have entered the portal. Yeah, um, I did a tally last night, and I had it at 24. And that's a, that's a huge number. I mean, I think Texas A&M was at 24. And, you know, you look at them, and you think problem. So, if if Texas A&M has 24 and Arkansas has 24. That's all. That's just, I mean, it's almost a third of your scholarships available. It's a huge number. And I know that there's a percentage of those that were, say, guys who were third team on the depth chart who weren't going to play. But also, Jordan Dominic had seven and a half tackles for you or sacks. And if he's back next year, you, you have a proven sack artist um, who he wasn't an every down guy. And on his sack in the Liberty Bowl, I noted this um, in the paper, 
he got uh, pancaked by a running back on that very play, got up and then chased down uh, Jalen Daniels and was in on the sack. So uh, um, and, or then he had another sack too, a nine-yarder. But, um, you know, Sam Pittman said when he got this job that the one thing that was not going to be an issue for him was communication. He, he goes, you know, we might have some issues on this team, but one thing we're not going to have is a lack of communication. I'm going to listen. And I think, I think it's important for him right now to, to listen. I'm talking about exit interviews of guys who are out of eligibility, um, exit interviews of guys who've entered the portal, if they have them, and then talk to current players on the team. What's going on? What, what has led to this? Um, there's, there's a lack of playing time component. There's the, is there other NIL money out there that we've heard thrown around component? And then there's the, what's the team culture like? And, um, mm-hmm. Sam Pittman has got to communicate with folks and find out, you know, get to the bottom of it and, um, and have a unified team moving forward where maybe you don't have so many guys peel it off. Yeah. So you're as close to this team and you mentioned three kind of scenarios there with NIL being part of it playing time and culture what what does your gut tell you what you know there's coaching staff changes that that seemed inevitable this year with Barry Odom uh, what what do you think is at the core of of such a high volume of portal players uh I Tommy I think it's all three that I just mentioned and I, I can't give you percentages on each one uh I think from the coaching staff movement standpoint each one of those guys moved up I mean Barry Odom coordinator to head coach mm-hmm. Dow Loggins position coach to coordinator, Michael Shearer, uh, position coach to coordinator. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, I just go back to the communication part. Okay. Of the three elements I listed, I just think the, you know, the, 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 the part that you can really control is the communication, uh, understanding on the team. And so that's what Sam Pittman's got to look at during this off season because, you know, is the NIL stuff maybe partly in your control? Uh, the playing time, um, maybe not so much. Uh, but I did say this le- leading into the bowl with you guys. I think they have to make the commitment to playing guys more uh, who are second teamers just so they have the thought, I'm contributing. You know, I, I, let me find out how I can play. And I think a great example would be Marion Harris who came in first quarter for Tykeese Crawford, and you didn't hear really his name other than this kid's in the game. So that means he knew his assignments, he did his job. I don't know if he had any missed assignments or allowed any pressures or, or anything, but he, he, he survived the game. He, he did, did well. And so I think it's uh, incumbent upon the Arkansas coaching staff next year to give guy, more guys like Marion Harris playing time so they feel part of the team. Tom Murphy with us here on the Morning Rush, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hawk Sports. So you made the parallel with Arkansas and Texas A&M, both having 24 guys entering the portal. Is that a red flag right now, Tom, for this football program? Um, well, I mean, you can characterize it however you want. 24 is a big number. It doesn't matter what percentage went for whatever reason. 24, I mean, it's an alarming number because you have to – you know, this transfer portal period is opening back up, I think, tomorrow. And they have to replenish. And if they don't get playmakers the way they did in last year's deal, I mean, cause you think the, the Jordan Dominics, 
Jaden Hazelwood, Drew Sanders, um, Dwight McLaughlin, Landon Jackson. There was a ton of big-time contributors. They've got to get the same type. Um, and, and I know from the starting point of um, a veteran quarterback is coming back for you, um, that's a good thing, and a, and, a, and a great running back. So they're they're in a good place to start with, but they've got to get – uh, they've got to bulk up in a bunch of positions. And so, yes, I would be concerned as Sam Pittman or a Razorback fan. Swift, switching over to basketball tomorrow night, Tom, I know Arkansas wants to kind of get back on track in SEC play against Missouri Tigers. A team kind of like LSU that was kind of flying under the radar heading into conference play has been a lot better. Uh, do you think this team gets back on track tomorrow night against Missouri? Well, it's a home game, a lot of pride here. Um, I do think they should win the game at home, right? But Missouri, I mean, that win over Illinois was very impressive, beating Kentucky, impressive. Uh, they're not an easy out. And they're a really good three-point shooting team. So I think that's priority number one is to not let them have good, easy, clean looks at the three-point line and then just be physical, you know, out-rebound them, get to the free-throw line. And they have to stress what, what has helped make them – get off to a good start, and that's drawing fouls and getting to the free throw line. It didn't happen against LSU. Now, I've read what people have said. It was a very, very physical game. It just wasn't called real tight. Um, the low free throw numbers on both sides confirm that. And so um, Arkansas just got to get back to work and, and, you know, be physical with Missouri. Yeah, and, uh, you know, when, you, when you've dropped one on the road, I mean, I was just – doing the math kind of in my head earlier in the hour that uh, if you win all your home games, which that's a stretch, right? That's nine. So that means you got to win four or five on the road if you're going to get to that 14-ish number that we think is where you need to be to be in contention for the conference, the regular season conference title. So, I mean, you've given away on the road a little bit. We know the the difficulty of the games at the end of the the season. Tom, it, it just drives home how paramount games like Missouri at home. And I remember they lost to, I think it was Vanderbilt last year, and it seemed like, what's going on here? Uh, it, it just drives home the importance of these home games, particularly with a team like Missouri. No doubt. I mean, you start the year thinking, all right, we need to win all our games at home in conference. And if you drop one, then you got to get some on the road. And the Razorbacks certainly did that last year. So, I mean, no cause for panic. Um, still kind of sorting things out after the Brazil and Nick Smith situations. Um, I think the talent is there. I think it's just a matter of deploying guys in the right ways, uh, distributing the minutes properly, and uh, doing what you do. And um, we we know that Eric Mosman has a track record of making that happen. Is winning nine at home reasonable for any SEC team this year? Um, I don't see why not. I, mean, I, uh, I know that the level of the conference is tougher, and there's going to be some really difficult – home games but obviously it can be done and arkansas is of the caliber that if anybody in the conference can do it i think they're a strong contender tom we'll leave it there this morning ran appreciate your stuff as always and we'll catch up again at seven twenty on thursday outstanding thank y'all see you all right tom murphy with us here arkansas democrat because that was pulling up the uh the bet saracen app he was saying it just made me think about have you seen the line for tomorrow they I looked this yet? morning; it wasn't up. But now, yeah, but it, it, which is common with college basketball for that to uh, not happen. So I was, I was just looking; shouldn't, shouldn't have put you on the spot like that. But I, I didn't see it. That's why I was 
why I was wondering. So. I get on there every morning and just kind of see the different lines. I know for the national championship game, it's Georgia's a 12-and-a-half-point favorite against Ohio State. Excuse me, not Ohio State, TCU right now, which you and I thought was both a little high. But I think what a lot of people like to do is that in-game betting. That's what people have really latched well, on to. It's becoming uh, kind of the thing. So if you haven't downloaded the Bet Saracen app yet, you probably should. It's the place where we turn to to look for all the lines and odds, overs, unders, all of those things. Um, and, hey, with the NFL really starting to heat up with the playoffs, Ty, now is uh, the time to uh, to really have some fun with it because, I mean, you don't have to bet $1,000 or $500, even $100. You can bet $5 on something in the game and just just make it fun. That, that, that's the thing with the Bet Saracen app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just gets, uh, adds adds to the intrigue of the game itself. So, again, you can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Google Play and then BetSaracen.com. And uh, if you need a how-to play video, they've got one with Jancy Seach on there. Again, that's Bet Saracen for all your uh, parlays, your in-game, whatever you do, whatever you want to do, you can do that with the Bet Saracen app. I know a lot of people like to – I had a, a buddy last week that bet on the Arkansas football game. He bet on the Arkansas basketball game, and he bet on some points – as well from individuals. That's something a lot of people like to parlay Arkansas stuff with, with a couple other things. All right, I want to I want to play this clip last night from uh, Ryan Clark, who was on with Scott Van Pelt, uh, the latest again on Demar Hamlin, and he's still in the hospital this morning with cr- in critical condition. Uh, here is Ryan last night on this whole situation. So many times in this game, and in our job as well, we use the cliches. I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's, it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much, we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. And tonight, we got to see a side of football that is extremely ugly, a side of football that no one ever wants to see mm-hmm. or never wants to admit exists. I think uh, anytime that you see a uh, a grown man cry, uh, which we saw several Bills and Bengals players uh, sharing that same feeling, that same emotion last night, it, it kind of tugs at your heartstrings a little bit. But uh, for them, those teammates and those coaches, that was just a moment last night that Orion is a longtime NFL guy that now uh, does the talking for ESPN and, and that spectrum. It's hard to really fathom and wrap your head around the significance of last night. Well, Booger McFarlane was at the desk, you know, when they were, when ESPN was trying to figure out what to do. And you, you know, you got to remember they were on ABC, ESPN, ESPN2. Every platform they had available was being used for Monday Night Football last night. So, I'm sure there was a scurry behind the scenes of, all right, if there's no football game, what do we do and how do we do it, you know, moving forward? I mean, in, at the end, programming. I mean, so the the way that ESPN handled all the moving parts, um, I thought was tremendous last night. But Booger McFarlane really brought a great player sp- perspective. When there's no script, there's no time to gather your thoughts. There's no uh, moment where you can, uh, you know, really kind of collect yourself uh, to a great degree. And he talked about the broken bones and, you know, knee problems and routine injuries we expect. But to see a player being administered CPR on the field, I mean, we've seen ambulances come out to remove players, you know, they've had severe injuries or breaks, but never, you know, we've, we, you know, I guess the, the next worst thing, you know, from this type of, is a neck injury where you're not sure whether they'll ever walk again. That, that occasionally uh, and unfortunately, it does happen still in sports. Um, but nothing that any of us could ever recall, you know, firsthand 
witnessing what we saw mm-hmm. last night. And I thought Booger McFarland did a really good job of giving a player's perspective. Adam Schefter was there and, you know, give the media perspective. Susie Colbert, you know, but, but, but Booger, I thought, did a great job of kind of telling you what a player would be thinking in that moment. Yeah, William Jones brought text in. It looked like Booger was in mental anguish last night. I thought that was a good way to put it because he's just he's trying to insert himself into that situation as a former player, and it's it's difficult to do when you've never experienced something firsthand as a teammate like that. But for every single one of those Bills players that uh, not only know him as a teammate but know him as a friend, for the, his family members that know him as a son or a brother, um, I don't know if he's married or not, has kids, but I, I just know it's it's that much more devastating to them just because of the, the family tie aspect. Well, and his, his family, or his mother at least, was there at the game last night. This was not a home game, as we know. I mean, can you imagine being at home, being a 1,000 miles or whatever away from your child? At the end of the day, this is someone's child. This is someone's brother. I don't know if he's siblings or not, but my point is, can you imagine the helpless feeling you would have if you were watching the game on TV from afar from more than a plane right away yeah. or whatever, and you weren't there to be with your child, and you you know you just can't snap your fingers and get there. So very fortunate that his, that his mother, at least, was there with him in attendance for that game and um, brings it all home because, I mean, at the end of the day, these guys are working. This is a work environment. They're traveling with their team. There's not always family there with you for road games. And this has probably probably given some players and their families and their spouses some pause to say, you know what, I'm not missing another game. I'm, I'm making every road game that I haven't made because you never know when, you know, something something that uh, of this nature could happen again. I mean, we just don't know. Nothing nothing's promised. Nothing's nothing's guaranteed. But certainly, uh, kind of sobered everybody up a little bit last night. Heading back into uh, the the new to the new year, it was um, it was unlike anything we'd ever witnessed before. So I was saying before we went to break, Greg Sankey happy to see another SEC team for the eighth straight season make the national championship. Right now, the Bulldogs are a twelve and a half point favorite over TCU on the Bet Saracen app. I'm kind of like Bruce Stan Pradco Fishing, who joined us in hour number two. I'm going for TCU. I don't really care yeah. about the SEC winning this thing. I wouldn't mind seeing TCU pull it off. I think I, I'm going from memory here. I think it's 16 of the last 17 national championship games an SEC team has been in the game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's an incredible streak. Well, the only one would be 2014 when the Ohio State Buckeyes played the Oregon Ducks. And outside of that, I mean, you go back to 06, 06 Florida, 07 LSU, 08 Florida, 9 Alabama. 10, Al- or 10 Auburn, 11, 12 Alabama, 13 Auburn, 14 was and then you just do it from, from there, basically. Do you want me to get the rest of them? I mean, if you just want to keep trying to, to do that, uh, go ahead. 2015 Bama, 2016 Bama. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are we supposed to be impressed? I kind of am impressed, but I couldn't remember all that without looking I, it up. I don't know. I, I just have the, when it comes to stuff like that, it's 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 locked away up here at some point. But, yeah, think about just the, the competitors, the quarterbacks that you've had, the Joe Burrows. The, I'll give Stetson Bennett credit. I, I said he's a mobile Greg McElroy. He played a little more than that this past Saturday night, and especially in the fourth quarter. He was terrific. C.J. Stroud was also awesome. I mean, he did almost all he can do. I didn't understand why Ryan Day kind of 
pulled back the reins. They tried to run it, and they also went deep in that final drive. I know that there's a lot of scenarios that he has to contemplate being the situation that they found themselves in, but I thought they could have helped out their kicker a little bit and given him an easier field goal than a 52-yarder at that point. Well, I mean, I'm sure that wasn't the plan. Is hey, let's see how we can set up. 52's right in the wheelhouse. Don't, I mean, but I mean, at least, at least give it a chance to to hit the pipes. At least be somewhere near yeah. the upright. That one never. It would that that could have been a 32 yard field goal, dude, and it yeah, wasn't going in. Going, going it could have been a 22 yard field goal. It could have been a two yard field goal. It wasn't going in. So I mean, it doesn't matter if it was 52, 32. It doesn't matter. That kick never had a chance when it cleared the line of scrimmage at any distance. Nope. Some other SEC games. Mississippi State won an emotional game against Illinois 19-10. Zach Arnett was joking after the game. I think Coach Leach would have been mad at me because of my clock management, but Bulldogs get it done. LSU destroyed Purdue by like 50. It was 63-7. Yeah. That was a gross game. Uh, the LSU Tigers getting Jaden Daniels back. I know they're doing some turmoil in their football program right now with the Stuff that's being allegedly yeah, reported. A bunch, of, bunch of rumors, and only only statement that you kind of have seen from Ryan Kelly is one that, bait, to, to paraphrase, we have high standards for everyone, including <laughs> coaches and players. Uh, no details, but if you've read any of the internet stuff out there, it'd be interesting to see if there's a position coach that uh, if he exits the program, it'll pretty well confirm what went on at the SEC championship game. So I don't want to get into a lot of the details on that, but uh, LSU's. You know, Brian Kelly's got a got a situation he's dealing with. Spencer Sanders, former Oklahoma State quarterback, is reportedly getting some interest from Ole Miss and Auburn. That's from Pete Thamel of ESPN. Here's a guy that uh, has had some success, had some ups and some downs in Stillwater's going elsewhere, but it uh, looks like they're trying to add to it. You've got Auburn, uh, that freshman that you played against this year, that looked okay in the first quarter and then kind of fell apart. Robbie Ashford, and for Ole Miss, I think Jackson Dart's back, but I guess they're just trying to add to the depth in the quarterback room, it looks like, for both schools. Well, and uh, everybody's looking at – we were talking about this during the break. Everybody's looking for the perfect RPO guy, the guy that's great at passing, great at running. You know, who would you want to mail? K.J. Jefferson's the best running quarterback in the league, right? But no one would say he's probably the best passing quarterback. You're looking for like the perfect marriage of quarterbacks that can can do it all with the RPO game. Yeah, and it's not easy to no. to go get a, a C.J. Stroud, a Joe Burrow, a Johnny Manziel. Very rare is it that someone has all these different attribute attributes and capabilities molded into one QB. Uh, I don't know if Malachi Singleton's going to be that next guy for Arkansas. If Jacoby Criswell can be something after K.J. departs, but. Uh, it's it's not easy. It's the hardest position to recruit based on what you have. I know that Alabama fans were extremely impressed with what Bryce Young was able to do with not only his arm but his legs as well. He would probably be the even though they didn't run it a ton with him, he would be a guy that you'd love to have on your football team. Well, and Arkansas had a front row seat this year for when depth gets questioned and depth gets called into concern at quarterback. I mean, that's like the worst case scenario for a head coach is when you're down to your your third quarterback and what do you do if he gets injured? You know and and you don't you don't think about these things in fall camp. You don't think about these things most weeks because it's it's the one thing you don't want to contemplate. But Arkansas found themselves there that uh, you know uncertain really who the backup was and what happens if 
if one or both of these guys get hurt. So we still talk about John Rutledge to this day. Yep. That's going to do it for your SEC update, and it's brought to you by Ashley Air. If you don't need a plumber, you've probably known someone recently that did with all the cold and the frozen pipes. Maybe you need someone to come insulate some of the plumbing at your home. When you need a plumber, call the name you know and trust. That's Ashley Air, the same great people that take care of your heating and cooling system can also meet your plumbing needs. Right now, take $50 off any plumbing repair or get a $129 drain cleaning with a two-year parts and labor warranty. Clogged drains, leaky faucets, busted pipes, Ashley Air is the one to call. Go to AshleyAir.com to schedule your service call today. That's AshleyAir.com. Proud sponsors of Razorback Athletics. So back on this day, in the 1920s, uh, the Babe Ruth trade happened where the Boston Red Hawks, but Red Sox sold him to the New York Yankees for 125k. The Boston owner also got that $350,000 loan from the New York Yankees. 84 years without winning the World Series, the curse of the Bambino and like the Chicago Go- Cubs with the Billy Goats Tavern, those were two what were almost thought to be unbreakable droughts in the postseason, but I always get a kick out of both those franchises finally you think about Chicago winning this past decade and then the Red Sox doing it it, in really the craziest ways possible to be down 3-0 to the Yankees in the ALCS and then them coming all the way back, which has never been done in the history of the MLB prior to that point. So, I mean, Babe Ruth's nothing that probably anyone, no one listening has ever got to to witness or really watch Babe Ruth. So who's the Babe Ruth of of our lifetime in any sport? Michael Jordan? Is that, is that the guy? Is it Tom Brady? I mean, I don't know where the conversation can really go beyond those two because, I mean, there's there's still youth leagues named after Babe Ruth. There, I know there's others, but Babe Ruth is synonymous with baseball, synonymous with greatness and all of these things. Will there ever be a player that, that reaches the stature of Babe Ruth again in our lifetime? Brady's been to 10 Super Bowls. It's one seven of them lost the Eagles and the Giants twice I think that's right I think he's won seven of them Michael obviously went six for six and had those I don't know how many World Series he won comparatively but Mm -hmm. you think about just the the magnitude of both those guys I mean Brady is a worldwide phenomenon as is Michael Jordan I don't know if if Bay back in the day if if with television not really being a thing yeah, yeah. how how far he stretched into the world like tom and michael did i mean it was They're all due. about what was in print and what you heard on the radio yeah yeah i i don't know i mean uh b Ian clarksville says wayne gretzky i don't know if hockey's popular enough across the contiguous 48 to to ever get someone there but i, I just wonder what will they say about michael jordan or tom brady 50 years from now when we're dead and gone and you know, what will the conversation of our great grandkids be like? Because here we are, a hundred years later, and the and the name Babe Ruth comes up often in sports conversation. Will Michael Jordan, Tom Brady come up a hundred years from now? Seventy five years, will they still be talking about Tom Brady? It's going to be really difficult for someone in the NBA to go six for six. It's going to be really difficult for a quarterback in the NFL to get to ten Super Bowls. I don't know how that their name doesn't stretch beyond time yeah i mean even 50 to 100 years down the road and my point is i don't know that people really absorbed or recognized the magnitude of the greatness in the 20s and 30s with babe ruth are we doing enough to absorb and recognize the greatness 
that we've gotten the privilege to see in our lifetimes. I know Michael Jordan's career has been done for a while. Brady's is on the brink, but of being finished, are we really appreciating what we've seen? Because is this a Babe Ruth-like career that we've seen twice and had the, the privilege of seeing in, in the last 25 years? I think we appreciate Michael's more because he's retired. Tom is still not yet retired. We're still watching him play, and he's, I think, tied with yeah, but the story's pretty well written on his career. I mean, you know, I mean, there's no question whether it was great or not. Yeah, you know? and I, I think it, the deal with you've got the younger audience who will argue for Brady. Some of the older guys will argue for Montana. I think he's pretty much surpassed Montana at this point in time. And I don't know Montana oh, I, went four for four, but oh, I think even with guys my age that grew up on Joe Montana, we would still go. There is no LeBron versus Jordan, versus Kobe conversation. I think everybody has pretty well recognized Tom Brady's the greatest ever. Yeah, and I, I don't and, know. And I think even some are, have finally come around that in, in sensible thought has happened that LeBron's not in the same conversation as Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's the, the, the deal with that is I would say that with – Tom, you're still wondering if there's one left. If it's this, yeah. it's probably not going to be this postseason. The way the Bucks are kind of at odds, but maybe he has a a reuniting with Josh McDaniels in Vegas. I don't know what he's going to do, but I I just know I I'd never count out Tom Brady based on the way that he's performed over the years. Even at is he 45 now or 44, whatever that is. But yeah, it's pretty incredible. Who, Tom was he uh, 40? I thought he's 46. Is he 46 now? now? Going to be 46. Okay, well he's. But- He's up there, man. Yeah. And for him to do what he does nowadays is uh, yeah. pretty special. Pointer fan of Van Buren throws Tiger Woods in the conversation. That, that's a reasonable name to throw out there, but I think there's just so much else surrounding Tiger Woods. Maybe Muhammad Ali would be another name you could put in. That's a little, I mean, mm-hmm. a little before my my um, my time as far as you know sports memories, but Tiger would be a good one, but he still didn't surpass all the records that Jack, Jack. Nicklaus did. So yep. I'd... I'd have a hard time putting, as much as I love Tiger, I'd have a hard time putting him ahead of Brady or or Jordan, either one. Yep. That's going to do it for today's Toyota Tuesday edition of the Morning Rush. If you missed our conversation with Tom Murphy or Bruce Stanton at Pradco Fishing, you can find it in the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast. When it comes to the podcast, just type in Hit That Line wherever you listen to them. They're also on HitThatLine.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you can help get our content out to audiences, not just here in Arkansas, but all over the United States, and we have people listening all the time. We had someone, I forgot the guy's name, that called in from Kazakhstan last mm-hmm. week. But it's pretty crazy how our audience has continued to grow and develop thanks to our podcast network and also our live video streaming on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, we will update you on Halftime and Ruskin Zach later today. Uh, the latest on um, I'm, I'm, I'm DeMar just Hamlin. Yeah, DeMar Hamlin. And, uh, well, I'm just sure going Greeny's going to have uh, two hours of it coming up. Yeah. Here in just a minute, so uh, probably get the national perspective and some really good insight coming up mm-hmm. here in, uh, in about five minutes here right where you're listening now. That's going to do it for us this morning. For Tommy Kraft, I'm Ty Richardson. Everyone have a great rest of your Tuesday. It's 2023. Start enjoying it. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.